Section 5 of Stories from the Operas by Gladys Davidson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Russell Newton, Atlanta, Georgia. Bellini, E. Puritani. During the great civil war between the Royal House of Stuart and the Parliament, at the time when Charles II was a fugitive, the fortress of Plymouth was held by the parliamentary army, and here the commander of the fortress, Lord Walton, a Puritan sternly devoted to the side he had espoused, had brought his lovely young daughter Elvira, that she might be safe from the many dangers of that troublous time. The sweetness and grace of Elvira quickly gained her many admirers, for even the somber Puritans were not proof against the enthralling charms of youth and beauty. Amongst these admirers was Sir Richard Forth, a colonel in the parliamentary forces, and being of good family and excellent repute amongst the Puritans, he met with a very favorable reception when he brought his suit to Lord Walton, who readily accepted him as his future son-in-law. Elvira, however, had already, unknown to her father, given her heart to a cavalier officer, Lord Arthur Talbot, who held a high position in the royalist army and when she was told that the Puritan officer had been accepted as her suitor, she was filled with dismay, knowing such a loveless marriage could bring nothing but misery, yet believing that her father would never consent to her union with her cavalier lover. In this dilemma, she confided her troubles to her uncle, Lord George Walton, who, though a retired Puritan officer, yet remained in the fortress to assist his brother in the command, and this gentleman, who loved Elvira as his own child, was so deeply moved by her passionate appeal for his aid that he promised to use every endeavor in his power to bring about her union with the man she loved. At first, Lord George was not successful in his interview with his brother on Elvira's behalf, for the stern Puritan officer had no desire to connect himself with the Cavalier family, and declared that he had already promised his daughter to Sir Richard Forth, who was in every way a suitable husband for her. When, however, his brother, who cared less for political and religious distinctions, declared that Elvira's highly strung system and loving nature could never bear the tragedy of a loveless marriage, and that it would certainly break her heart should it be forced upon her, Lord Walton was no longer proof against such an appeal as this, for he was a devoted father, and loved his daughter with very tender affection. He therefore agreed that the undesired betrothal with Sir Richard Forth should be set aside at once, and he also signified his consent to Elvira's marriage with Lord Arthur Talbot, giving instructions for the young cavalier to be admitted into the fortress on the morrow, that the nuptials might be celebrated there without further delay. Elvira was filled with the utmost joy when her uncle brought her these glad tidings, and preparations for the wedding ceremony were commenced forthwith, so that a merry bustle was quickly set up in the somber castle. The young cavalier was also overjoyed at this happy turn of events, and he needed no second bidding to prepare for his wedding with the beautiful maiden he loved so well. On his arrival at the fortress next morning, Lord Arthur received a joyous welcome from all, for his many deeds of bravery and chivalry had won him universal renown, so that even the Puritan followers of Lord Walton had words of praise and admiration for this young noble cavalier, who was to be wedded to their leader's daughter that day. A glad meeting took place between Elvira and her lover, and then, whilst the happy maiden retired to don her bridal robes, Arthur remained in the courtyard of the castle, 
where his tender thoughts were unexpectedly diverted into another channel. As he waited there, a captive lady, closely guarded, was brought out from the fortress into the courtyard, where she was informed by Lord Walton that she was about to be escorted to the parliamentary tribunal, there to receive her sentence. The despairing looks of the captive lady moved Arthur to deep pity, and on learning from Lord George that she had been in prison several months in the fortress as one strongly suspected of favoring the Stuart cause and of having acted as their spy, and that she would certainly be condemned to the scaffold, the young cavalier, as a fellow adherent of the royalist, determined to seek speech with her. Therefore, whilst the attention of the officers and guards was turned in another direction for a short time, he managed to get sufficiently near the lady to enter into a low-toned conversation with her, and then, to his utter horror and dismay, he discovered that the captive was none other than the widow of the unfortunate Charles I, Queen Henrietta, who, whilst engaged in disguise on a secret enterprise on behalf of her fugitive son, had been captured by her enemies and thrust by them into Plymouth Fortress, where, though still preserving her incognito, she knew herself to be in the utmost danger. Arthur, ever faithful to the Stuart cause, now felt it to be his sacred duty to rescue the unfortunate queen from her desperate situation, and he told the unhappy Henrietta that he would do all in his power to save her. At this moment, the bride and her maidens returned to the courtyard, and Elvira, whose tender heart could not bear that another should be in trouble when she herself was so full of joy, at once approached the captive lady, for whose sad fate she had many times grieved, and tried to cheer her with words of comfort. She even playfully removed her long bridal veil, and drooped it over Henrietta's dark locks, clapping her hands merrily at the effect, and declaring she would make a beautiful bride, and the queen, forgetting her sadness for the moment, was so charmed with the young, graceful, and sweet innocence of Elvira that she indulgently suffered her artless playfulness. The time for the ceremony was now almost due, and Elvira was hurried away by her uncle to the chapel so quickly that she had not time to don her veil again, but gaily called to Henrietta to follow her with it, forgetting in her eager excitement that the poor lady was a captive. As the bridal party trooped into the chapel, Arthur slipped back to the courtyard, blessing the happy chance which had left Henrietta in possession of the bridal veil, and bidding the queen to wrap it closely about her face and form, he hurried her to the gates of the courtyard, hoping that she might now be mistaken for Elvira, and thus be permitted to pass through. In spite of his anguish at being compelled to leave his beloved Elvira at the very moment of their union, Arthur was too loyal a royalist to forsake his queen in her extremity and crushing down the strong temptation to return to his waiting bride, he steadfastly conducted his royal charge to the fortress gates. Here, to his dismay, he found Sir Richard Forth on guard, and the Puritan officer, severely smarting from the sudden cancellation of his betrothal with Elvira, and believing the veiled lady to be the bride, refused to let them pass, and challenged his successful rival to mortal combat. When, however, Henrietta lifted her veil, and in terrified accents bade the pair seize their swords, the Puritan saw that he had made a mistake, and he at once gave his permission for them to pass through the gates, hoping that by reporting the secret departure of Arthur with the captive lady, he would prove to Elvira the faithlessness of her cavalier lover, and thus further his own suit once more. Arthur and the queen thus escaped safely from the fortress, 
and as soon as the news became known, the greatest consternation prevailed. A number of parliamentary soldiers were quickly sent out to search for the fugitives, but Lord Arthur cleverly succeeded in eluding them, until he had placed the Queen on board a ship in which she was safely conveyed to France. Meanwhile, Elvira had received a terrible shock on learning of the desertion of her lover at the very moment of their marriage, and being led by the story of Sir Richard Forth to believe him faithless, her grief was so frantic that she completely lost her reason. The poor girl would wander out alone into the woods every day, now prattling childishly of happy days gone by, and anon imagining herself in the company of her beloved Arthur, and all the inmates of the fortress were filled with sorrow at the terrible change which had taken place in her. Lord Arthur Talbot was now prescribed and condemned to death by the parliamentary government for having effected the escape of a political prisoner. But Sir Richard Forth, who had special influence with his party, was at length persuaded by Elvira's uncle to plead for the young cavalier's life to be spared, should he be captured, for the kindly old Puritan hoped that if his distraught niece could be brought face to face with her lover once more, her reason might be restored. At last, Arthur, having succeeded in eluding his enemies for several months, managed to return to Plymouth, intending to enter the fortress once more, in spite of danger, and to claim his bride. And as he hurried cautiously through the neighboring wood, he happened to meet Elvira herself, who was aimlessly wandering there as usual, singing wild and plaintive ditties, with the unmistakable air of one bereft of reason. Terribly grieved and shocked at beholding his beloved one in such a condition, Arthur approached, and gently folded her in his arms, uttering tender words of greeting. As Lord George had foretold, the reappearance of Arthur did indeed restore Elvira's mental balance, and with great delight she returned his embraces, and listened gladly to the story of his adventures, and his explanation as to the true identity of the captive lady whom he had thought it his duty to save from the scaffold. Even as the restored lovers thus talked happily together, the Puritan search-party arrived on the scene, having learnt of Arthur's return to the neighborhood, and now tracked him to the wood, and dragging the young cavalier from the arms of Elvira, they bade him prepare for instant death. At this distressing moment, however, another party, headed by Lord George Walton and Sir Richard Forth, came galloping up and ordered the immediate release of the prisoner. And as the search party drew back in surprise, they were triumphantly informed that news had just arrived that the parliamentary forces had finally conquered the royalists, and that in celebration of the event, all political prisoners were pardoned. All was now peace and rejoicing, and Elvira, the Puritan maiden, completely restored to reason once more by the return of her lover, was united to the young cavalier without further delay. End of section 5. Recording by Russell Newton, Atlanta, Georgia.